engines. Oh, what happened to my stuff? It's like gone. My my music. Oh, what? gotta hit the play button. Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's how it works, ladies and gents. Sometimes you guys hit that play button. Every day I'm hustling. Stop making excuses. Start being accountable. Here we go. Today. Here we go. James and I. All right, all right. We're gonna have some fun with this heated. one. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gents? Boom, 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 boom. Got to make sure we drop that subscribe, like, follow. Do it now. You see on your show, Ham, that I love is it's a free way to support the show. So subscribe, rate, like, follow. That's what we ask for you guys to do. If you guys grab any value from the guests that are on the show and from when James and I have some of these heated discussions, maybe you guys have fun listening to it. Maybe you agree with James. Maybe you agree with me. Either way, drop a review. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Drop a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. I feel I like more, more people that listen to your show are going to agree with you, and more people that listen to my show are going to agree with me. I think hands down. Actually, you know what? It's the business space. Like, I don't know, man. I, I wonder I wonder if it's if it's that way, because it's kind of like politics, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, there are people who uh, believe in that capitalistic, uh, leaning to the right financial point of view. But when it comes to social issues, there's a lot of those who lean more on the left side. I don't think there's like a 100% one way or the other. And I think uh, when it comes to issues like what we're going to talk about today on stopping making excuses and start being accountable, I think it goes on on both ways, man. I think I think there's going to be people who are going to be like, nah, dude, I'm more like James. I'm like, I'm, I'm chill. I'm relaxing. I'm enjoying my life. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling out. Uh, and then there are definitely people who are going to be on my side who are, you know, what is it? Every day we're hustling. Right? <laughs> Like the Jeff Dishers of the world. Yep. Dude, all right. The Let's Eric Gilmans thing. of the world. The Eric Gilmans of the world. The ones who... Uh, the Hernan Sieses of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I got the orange wristband right here and on his wristband. Aside from, uh, by the way, he is writing across the country trying to raise a million dollars for Angel Wings, which is this uh, hospital that he helped build. Uh, where was it at, Ham? Where was it at? Haiti. Haiti, that's right. So Eric, Eric rides for, for hope. hope. He's gonna ride literally from Florida all the way to San Diego on his bike, stopping Ooh. along the way, raising funds, raising one million dollars for charity. So if you guys have uh, one any million dollars, uh, if you guys are able to contribute and hit up Eric, Eric rides for hope. Hashtag Eric, Eric rides for hope, and he has these wristbands. He'll easily send you one. He does them all the time, and on it it says no excuses. Uh. Right. No excuses. So there first is. of all, uh, you want to start off with what no excuses means to you in your life? What it, and then, or you want me to start off with what it means to me in my life? I'll go. Why not? What does no excuses mean to me? Uh, you know what? It is It is a lot of one of those terms that, that, that you say that can be controversial. Um, personal accountability, right? And for me, I know and I agree that everything is my fault. If business is not going well, 
it's my fault. If it's going well, it's my team's fault. Right? (laughs) (laughs) You only get the bad stuff. That's right. That's right. Um, You know, but but we've had this conversation before. If, you know, I park my car in the wrong spot and somebody crashes into it, it's not that person's fault. It's my fault for parking in that spot. Is the other person, you know, do they have some responsibility? Sure. But it's ultimately like I can only control me. And so when you say what does no excuses mean to me, it means that I'm responsible for the results of anything that I put effort into. If my podcast is not successful, it's my fault. If it's successful, it's because of my listeners. Is there like a a negative side of that? So I'll give you an example. Um, because I, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think to me, that's what no excuses means to me too. It's, it's. It, you said you want to do something, so go out and do it. And if mm-hmm. you're not heading in that direction, if you are, well, for whatever reason, because life is going to get in your way all the time. There's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be something that stops you or prevents you or slows you down from achieving that goal. Uh, and if you're not accepting that responsibility that, that, you know, this is your fault, whatever hiccup you're coming across, there's no way that you're ever going to change it. I, I totally agree with you. Um, but there are other sides of it, right? There are other sides of it where we come into this whole personal accountability thing. And, and all of a sudden, like we start to, well, well, when I have discussions with you, I feel like we start to lean on the, well, you know, maybe not so much, uh, things like, uh, we were having this discussion the other day, uh, and it was off the air and it was such a good discussion. Cause we were, getting, it was. we're, 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 we're definitely, definitely getting, getting heated, heated right? mm-hmm. definitely getting heated. Uh, and we were talking about, um, a fat shaming, right? Uh, and, and it's not that we want to fat shame. Let's clear that up right now. Right. We're not saying one way or another that, you know, we're not trying to put people down here. The argument we were having was for me on my side is at some point you need to come to grips with the accountability that if you are overweight, if you are in a position where you are not comfortable with the way you feel in your body, that you have the ability to change that. You have the ability to take control and make that change, whether it's you're diabetic or you're overweight or you know, whatever it is. I mean, even, even to the extreme, and I think this is where the, it gets happy, but even to the extreme where you don't like the way your nose is, or you don't like the way, you know, your the size of your breasts, or you don't like the size of your calves. Like you can, especially in today's era, you can go in and make those changes. Now I'm not advocating those things personally, but at, at, at I, I think you can get a lot of those things on a more natural level and it takes a lot more work and a lot more effort, but I feel like you become a better, better person for it. Uh, you'll love yourself a little more. You'll care for yourself a little more. You'll have that much more confidence and because of the work that you put in. So I strongly believe, you know, and we'll go back to that because I thought it was a great discussion. I strongly believe that when, when, uh, when people are in a position where they feel like they need to change, the accountability begins to shift for those who do not change. It's no longer a, it's not something that I can do. It's everybody else should kind of shift their personality types or shift their thought process or shift the way they look so that I can feel accepted into whatever situation it is. Okay. All right. I, I I mean, I, I, I see what you're getting at there. Um, and I think, you know, there's there's a difference between someone saying, you know, 
There's a difference between someone choosing to make a change for themselves because it's something that they want to do and systems of oppression. Right. There's a difference between um, and this isn't necessarily like to place any blame or anything like that. But let's use let's use something pretty common as an example. Um, we have somebody who is obese since we were talking about about that particular subject. We have somebody who is obese and they want to go from San Diego to Florida to see Eric off as he rides for rides for hope. Okay. Right yeah. now they want to fly and because of their size, they have to, fl- they have to buy two airplane tickets. Fair. Right. Fair. You say fair. I say fair. Right. But it's because now, now this particular system of oppression was created by the airlines. They have a certain metric that this is what a human is supposed to look like. But who gets to decide that? The corporation. See, here's here's my thing is you're going to change the way – the argument here is the corporation should change the way they do things because you decide to be different. Right. That's like, but, that's but like, people don't. But that's the thing is people don't decide that. Right. It happens to them. Get in my belly. <laughs> that was perfect, by the way. I had to uh, throw that in there. Right. You have to. You have to. But, it, it, so, right, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's oftentimes a conscious decision. Right. So in other words, I don't think that they said, hey, I am going to get overweight. Right? I don't think that was the decision they made. But they made micro decisions every single day for a long time to get to where they are, right? These, the, the, it is a lifestyle change, right? Whether sometimes you, yes, sometimes no. Are you going to tell me that Warren Sapp is is obese and out of shape, and he should, you know, like that's a big dude. He's just a big dude. I'll give you that. And what about the Big Show, right? From wrestling, right? That guy is a big dude. And I I agree with you. They are 100%, uh, you know, they're they're in shape, right? They're physically fit. They're just large specimens of humans, right? So if, you know, to me... This was actually the example, though, that uh, our guest, that that my guest on that show was, was saying is that just because a person is fat does not mean that they're unhealthy. Not all the time. Right. But again, we always talk about the outliers, right? Most of the time when a person is big, they are unhealthy. Now they haven't experienced some of those. They haven't experienced some of the effects, but the heart works harder. The cholesterol will increase the ability to uh, process uh, enzymes like um, uh, the diabetic thing. You are at much higher risk. You put yourself at a higher risk being at that weight now a 25 year old that's overweight is probably not meeting any or not seeing any of the symptoms but if that person continues to live that lifestyle okay. at 45 they will experience a lot more health issues than a person who wasn't overweight at 45 uh you know statistically you're probably right i haven't done uh enough of of the research on my own to say whether or not that's true but i always talk about the bell curve right so you're probably right that the middle part of that bell curve, uh, you know, a lot of that is is probably true. 
but let's go back to, you know, those, those systems of oppression, right? Like how did this all start? You say it's micro decisions that a person made over and over and over and over again. Right. And you know, there's a lot of truth to that, but what if this person grew up in a household with a single parent who only had time to work two or three jobs, come home and feed their kids McDonald's. And so that's what they grew up on. And over and over and over again, it's a micro decision that they didn't even get a chance to make. And by the time they enter adulthood, it's hardly their fault. I, I can agree with you with that. Again, fault and responsibility are two different things, right? Mm -hmm. You're right. It is not their fault. It was probably the, the, the way they were brought up. It's probably the way, you know, their parents raised them. I'll give you a perfect example that, you know, growing up as kids, we always had soda in the refrigerator and, you know, mom and dad always had soda growing up, right? It's part of the culture that they grew up in. You've made a change. You don't drink soda like we did when we were younger. I don't drink soda the way we when you're younger. I think of it as like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love some cherry Coke every once in a while, but for the most part, I think of it like, like car oil. Like it doesn't make me feel good. I, Pose something different, right? You become, you're right. When you're a kid, you don't really know. My kids right now, if they had their choice, they would eat candy all day long and all kinds of crap that is not good for them, right? They understand quite yet how it's affecting them. But you reach a certain age where you do have that choice. There are people who are born into broke families zero idea of how money works and have zero idea of worth work ethic and only you know say this is the way you're going to live your life whether it's on wear or on drugs or just because they they're watching being modeled but at some point they're like you have to see there are people who come out of that much stronger much more determined much more driven uh -huh. than, than a lot of other people because they've uh -huh. experienced both sides but they're the outliers. You want to go back to talking about outliers. They're not the majority. Well, okay. The ones that become ultra successful, I think those are the outliers. But there are a lot who come out of ghettos, out of hoods, out of obesity, out of uh, religious persecution, out of a lot of these cultural things and become normal people in society. Like, I, I really feel that that is a lot more than the ones that stay in that same boat. Right. And, and the ones that are staying in that same boat at some point, they also need to make a change. Like when is the excuse going to the accountability going to set in? Like how, how long do we have to, you know, cater to and take care of people who are capable of taking care of themselves? It's almost the whole, are we going to keep giving them a fish or at some point do we teach them the fish and then say, okay, go like now you need to feed yourself. I haven't, I, I don't, you got me, you got me a little bit uh, silent here because I'm not really sure where you're going with that or like where, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so go ahead, keep going, keep going. So, so let, let me, like, let me, like, I feel like there's a point that you're trying to make and I'm just not getting it. My point is, is against the idea of systematic, right? I, I, I agree what? that systematic things right like a uh, systematic uh, oppression of obesity systematic oppression of of black people systematic oppression of you know mexicans right whatever it is uh you know i i think there's it's like stereotypes there's a reason why a lot of the things are 
stereotypes. There's partial truths to those. But at some point for me, each one of us, whether it's we want to get out of debt, whether we want to become be in better shape, whether we want to change the perspective of our family household, like at some point, accountability has to come. We got to stop making the excuse and pointing the finger at everybody else for whatever that situation is. And just realize that, look, this is my life. This is the one that I have, the one that was given to me, the hand that was dealt. And I can point the finger at anybody for any one of these topics as long as I want. But at some point, the only way it's going to change is if I change. Somewhat. Okay, so, so I can change my life. Absolutely true. But when you're talking about these kinds of systemic problems it's not enough just to change my life and that's the point that i'm always trying to make yes it's one thing to say you know i can make a change and i can improve my life and i can get myself out of whatever situation that i find myself in but when there are systemic problems that have been micro decisions put into place over generations over hundreds of years like it's not enough to say, oh yeah, well you just have to be better and you just have to choose better and you just have to because these things have have created a pattern for so long. When you know, going back to that example of of a kid who gets fed nothing but McDonald's when he turns 18, 19, 20 years old and maybe makes his way out of out of his parents' house and has to take care of himself. The only thing he knows is, well, if I'm hungry, I'm going to go get McDonald's. And it's not until he matures later on, 25, 30 years old, and he starts going to the doctor and the doctor says, yo, you got to, you know, cut back on that McDonald's and start eating some veggies. Right. Okay. And we're talking about about one person's life. And then by the time they're 30 years old, that's 30 years that they've already put their body through so much. And I now they're trying to change. Right. But now, now is the time when the excuses start to come out because change is difficult. Change is True. not easy. Change True. is probably, you know, change is happening. His body was changing the whole time, not mm -hmm. for the better. It was changing for the worse. But now he's been educated. Right now uh -huh. he is aware. Now uh -huh. knows what they have to do to make that change. Are they willing to? And see, this is where the problem, I think, persists, right? Uh, whether whether we talk about culture, whether we talk about diet, we'll stick to the diet thing just to kind of keep it relevant, right? But at that point, this is where you make the I, I give it to you. Three years of living a certain way, you develop certain habits, right? You develop certain likes and, and things that you do on a daily basis, but you know where it's going to lead. Now you have to make a change. Ah. Uh. You you're talking yourself into a trap. I want you to know that. Cool, trap me. Thirty years is one person's life that we've been talking about. You know this this oppressive state that they've been in just because of the way that they were raised and not knowing any better. Right? When did like the civil rights movement start? When did gay rights start? When did uh, women even get the right to vote? When did you know? Any of the, like we have seen so much just in the past like 50 years compared to the 150 years prior to. So when you're talking about, you know, 
30 years that this is all he's known. And so now you know what to expect and you know where it's going to go. Like that's the first 150 years of our country and all of the systemic pieces that have put been put into place that have created the types of oppressions that I'm always talking about. Okay. But what about the acceleration of knowledge and, and the accessibility to information? You're talking about 150 years of the 200 of 150 years of this country's, uh, you know, being born in years, 200 yeah. years, right? So the first like 200 years, communication was like by letter. I mean, we even start, you can go all the way back by pigeon, like getting to know things wasn't fast. Mm-hmm. In the last 100, 150 years, the acceleration of information, the acceleration of knowledge, the way we get news. Think about, for example, when World War I happened, you heard about what happened in the, on, the, on the field, right? You heard about it when, 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 uh, when soldiers came back and they talked about it. That's kind of how it was. And if you were, if you were you know, unfortunate enough to be near the battlefield, you got to see how it worked. World War II, we start to get a little bit of a glimpse, right? People send out video cameras. It's not live feed or anything. So it kind of gets distributed in these movie theaters, and you kind of get an idea of what actual war looks like. And then into Vietnam, and then all of a sudden, you have huge anti-war protests. Why? Because the images and the things that they saw were almost instantaneous. The mm-hmm. information is almost instantaneous. The education and the choice to choose one way or another was almost instantaneous. And since then, it's gotten that much faster. That's mm-hmm. why when you hear about something happening in L.A. or in New York, it's instantly known in L.A. and everybody has a fear. If a kid gets kidnapped in New York, even though statistically for a kid to get kidnapped is really low, right? If it happens, the parent in L.A. is freaking out because it feels like it's so close. We have that connection. So I agree that there's a, you know, 200 years or so, 150 years of that kind of oppression. But for the last 100 years, we've hit that accelerator curve of people knowing, understanding, being able to do research, being able to understand and still make a choice. And 20 now years. I think and the 20 years for the Internet thing, right? 20 years. Prior to that, you had TV, you had radio, you had newspaper, you had print. But who you controlled had all of that? Well, you can say the same thing about the Internet today, dude. You can say the same thing about who you now again, nuances, right? Pointing the finger. Well, that's because he controlled it. Well, it's because it's what he said. Again, you are aware. You have the mm-hmm. ability to make a choice now. Mm-hmm. And change is tough. No one wants to look in the mirror and change. No one wants to look in the mirror and say, uh, you know, first of all, they do look in the mirror. Let's go back to the obesity. Every single person gets out of the shower, looks in the mirror, and thinks something of themselves. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's not positive, right? doesn't matter if the person is physically fit and perfect six pack. Look at them. We're like, damn, they look amazing. Right. When they look in the mirror, they're like, I need to work on this. This is what I need to perfect. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. does it. But few take the action necessary. And when they feel uncomfortable, they quit. They stop. They point a finger. That happens more often than anything. I mean, you're you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of truth to all of that. And you know what, what I'm thinking of when you're saying all that is the way that uh, people people will say that because we're trying to change America that we hate America. Nah, right? I think, I think that's, that's not actually beautiful. I think the, the fact that we want to improve is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's let looking in the mirror and seeing these are the things that are wrong, and that's why 
when I see those things that are wrong and I continue to call them out over and over and over again, it's because it's not enough for me just to change myself. It's getting out and doing the work. It's, it's talking to people. It's, uh, you know, getting involved in whatever, you know, activism or, or, you know, whatever things that I can, like changing myself is one thing I'm doing that work constantly. You know, on my show, I realized uh, the other day that I have almost exclusively, if you look in my Instagram feed, it's almost exclusively white people. And I want to, I want to be passively, I'm sorry, I want to be actively inclusive. This is the the, the, the phrase that keeps sticking out in my mind from uh, Kevin Patterson's book, Love's Not Colorblind. If I am not actively inclusive, then I'm being passively exclusive. And so what that means to me is that I need to do work to make sure that other people, that marginalized communities are presented, that their voices are heard. And that's exactly what I keep saying with all of this is, yes, each one of us has a responsibility to take action and to do the things that we need to do to improve our lives. But there's also a greater responsibility to do more for our communities, for the country at large. And that's where the disconnect is because there's so many people that are just satisfied to say, well, I have a black friend. I'm not racist. I have no problem with Asian people. I'm not racist. It's not enough to not be racist. We have to be anti-racist. We have to work to bring those systems of oppression down, whatever they are, wherever they are. See, and I believe, and I'm, 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 I agree with you, except I think my strategy is different. Like, here, here's the thing. It's like anything else, right? Your, your mind cannot work in negatives, right? Don't think of an elephant. You just thought of an elephant. You can't totally not the things right don't be racist you can't help but to see color when you talk about be anti-racist you should see color you, you should see color and see for me that's the thing is i'm not of the, i'm not of the don't associate with black people don't just hang out with your own kind i'm not like that at all i actually i i, I do like the diversity i love the fact that we talk to different people on the show from different walks of life i think that's amazing right i think that's awesome i love being in the classroom and talking to different but my message is always the same. I can't change you. I can't change your mind. I can't make you do something. I can't force you to work out. I can't force you to eat the right things. I can't force you to eat the right way. I can't force you because everybody has their different background. They're, they're a culmination of their entire experience, right? Ultimately, what I try to teach other people is they need to be accountable. They need to stop pointing the finger at other people. Right? I do that for myself, you for yourself, right? You're good and, 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 uh, and you care about others and you really want to include other people. Absolutely great. I think people should do that more often. But when you talk to other people and you keep pushing the, it's everybody else that needs to come involved, that, that needs to change their points of view, right? For me, it's like, I do agree with that, actually. I do agree that other people should, point, should change their point of view. But how do you get them to do that? By they talking only about do it. it, they can only do it themselves. They can they only can. change themselves. This is true. This is true. But you, you keep talking about this uh, age of information, right? And information is available so quickly and so easily, and it's all there. So if somebody isn't educating themselves and choosing to care more about others, it's because they're being willfully ignorant. Like they're choosing 
not to look for that information, not to find ways to be more inclusive, not to find ways to find the systems of oppression that they that they benefit from. That goes back to that word privilege that we didn't even mention yet, but systems of oppression that they benefit from without even having to do or be or say anything different and finding ways to use their privilege to lift others up. But not everybody has to do that. Yes, they do. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they, they don't. And, and here's what I, I mean, what I you're, think. you're right. They, they, they don't know the idea of taxation and taking care of everybody else You are deciding that I'm going to take from this person because I believe that I can better distribute this knowledge, this money, these funds, these benefits to the masses, right? That is the mentality that I disagree with. I believe if somebody wants to go be their racist ass in the corner and do their own thing, as long as they ain't hurting anybody, they can believe whatever they want to believe. Sure. Right. Sure. And that's okay. And if there's a culture, if, 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 you know, Mexicans, for example, I mean, think about Mexico. We went into Mexico recently after in so many years that I've crossed the border. And mm -hmm. there has been a lot of development when we first go in, but there's been a lot that has stayed the same, right? And, and yes. they have the same access to information, the same access to a lot of different things that we have. So it, what's the no. difference? No, 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 no. Information, yes. Utility, uh, you know, like product, uh, you know, those sorts of things, no. But a lot of the times, the same type of information, yeah, same thing. And, and the only difference is they were born on that side of the fence versus this side of the fence, yep. right? That's but they can make a change for themselves too. They can. And it's going to take a little bit more work than, than the people who are on this side. And the person who's born on the U.S., who, has, who was born into a, a, a decent, nice, wealthy family, and they're out there, you know, they went to school, and they, were they drove a nice car, and they didn't have to worry about money, and they got a job, and they take care of their family. They do not have to go and help the starving kids in Africa. They do not have to go help the, the Mexicans get their stuff out of it. They don't have to do that. They don't even have to pay attention to those things. Nope, they don't. In my opinion, they don't have to. Why right? wouldn't you want to, though? Because you're already living a good life. Why wouldn't you want to? That's, want that's to. my thing is why wouldn't you want to help people? I agree. Maybe they're helping people in different ways. And that's okay. Like they, they might be helping somebody who's just a couple steps below them. They maybe they go so many steps below, and that's okay. Like we don't have to force everybody to see things one way and one way only. That's where we no, get things definitely. like fascism and, and communism. I don't care, yeah, and I don't care if it's left or right. Like I love the yeah. fact that there's a two party system because one party's always gonna balance the other one out. Yeah, I think there should be like three or four personally, but anyways, I totally agree <laughs> with that. But that's beside the point. At least that's there's two the to balance each other out, and we kind of find a way to meet in the middle, more or less. This is a good one, dude. Yeah, you know we have fun. We have fun. Always talking yep. about cool stuff. All right, ladies and gents, <laughs> that's what we got today. Look, another episode of Let's Get Heated. That's what happens when we have a uh, cancellation last minute or whatever it is. We got to do something. So James and I are going to have heated discussions. If you ever want to join the conversation. Or part of the business bros podcast do me a favor head over to businessbros.biz scrolling across the bottom of the screen right there and go ahead and book your time spot we're booking spots into july right now so go ahead and pick a, a spot for yourself if you're an entrepreneur you want to get heated you want to talk about specific things in, in in business entrepreneurship money finance uh whatever those things have to do let's have a talk because I'd love to be here and uh, and learn from you. Learn about what you're yes, going through. What you, what were your adversities? What did you have to overcome? At what point did you become accountable? Because that 
is a story that I love to hear. Right, ladies and gents, we'll see you again, oh. manana. Peace. Bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.